When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. TDN Fantasy listeners, do you want to win some money in weekly fantasy sports this year? Well, check out our friends over at Owner's Box. You can join their latest contest for free by using the code DREW9. That is DREW9, as in Drew Brees. And you can win some money today. We've talked in the show about how much money I was able to win in their week one contest. You can join in on the fun now. Win some money of your own by going on ownersbox.com or downloading the Owner's Box app on your device Make sure you join and get your lineups in today. Hello and welcome in to the TDN Fantasy Podcast. I am Jamie Eisner and I am solo hosting again here today. Uh, Jake is celebrating another W for the Buccaneers. Chris is traveling. So this should be, in theory, the last solo podcast of the season. So if you hate these, uh, this is the last one you have to worry about for a while. If you love these, awesome. Still the last one you have to worry about for a while. But before we get started, I want to give a shout out to our friends over on Bet Online. You can bet on the NFL. You can bet on Monday Night Football, NFL Week 8 coming up. Really, anything you want. The World Series, hockey and basketball are back. Anything that you want over at betonline.ag. Right now, they're offering a 50% welcome bonus up to $1,000. They have other things like 5% Bitcoin boost, $25 risk-free wagers, and a $25 live betting free play. All of these that you can claim right now at betonline.ag. This is where sports happen. This is where you can win some money. Go check out our friends at Bet Online. Now let's get right into the series of games. Let's start with what really was a snooze fest between the Carolina Panthers and the New York Giants. Sam Darnold gets benched in this game, looked even worse than I think his line indicated. 16 of 25, 111 passing yards, no touchdowns and a pick, sacked three times, got uh, was absolutely overwhelmed in this game. Looked every bit like the Jets' Sam Darnold we have seen before, and his road woes continue. If you've listened to this podcast or you've watched the Money Down show, uh, more often than not, you've heard me talk about road Darnold and how bad it has been. Well, it's continuing in Carolina, and it's bringing down the rest of the team. 
not much of a game to talk about here for Chuba Hubbard. Uh, 28 yards on 12 carries in the running game. Does catch four passes for 28 yards. DJ Moore has a fairly decent day, six, six for 73 in the receiving game. Robbie Anderson continues to be a no-show for the entire season, but ooh, it is uh, it is bad right now in Carolina. And look, the beat-up Giants didn't offer a ton themselves. I mean, Daniel Jones ends up getting 28 yards on the ground, 203 and a touchdown. So nothing all of that special in that. But if you started, it took a flyer on a guy like Dante Pettis, five for 39 and a touchdown in that game. Darius Slayton, five for 63. Evan Ingram catches six passes for 44 yards. And, you know, we thought Kyle Rudolph was going to get in the end zone and it didn't quite happen there. He got uh, ruled down uh, at the half inch line, but really just a disappointing game. Devontae Booker ends up scoring late to kind of save his fantasy day, but really... Uh, I I can't imagine you were excited playing maybe anybody but DJ Moore coming in this game anyway, and I'm not sure you're going to be all that excited playing anybody coming out of it. Next one up is the Atlanta Falcons and the Miami Dolphins in the game that we talked about this on the Money Down show. I said it was going to be more fantasy relevant than people are giving credit for. Lots to talk about here. Matt Ryan continues a resurgence here over these last few weeks. 336 yards and a couple of touchdown passes through the air. Cordell Patterson used more as a runner in this game, actually, than a passer. 60 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Only catches two passes for one yard through the air, which was a little bit surprising. But uh, Kyle Pitts, another big, big game for him. Had a big game in London. Comes off the bye week seven for 163 in the passing game. Russell Gage makes his return four for 67 and a touchdown. And Kevin Ridley gets a touchdown, but really wasn't heavily involved in this game. Four for 26. Uh, you know, he got 10 targets, which led the team, but he's still kind of for the price you paid for him, which was a, a late, or excuse me, an early to mid second round pick. You're really not getting that return uh, on the Dolphins side of things. Tua had a really nice start in terms of fantasy production. There will be a lot of talk about the interceptions he's thrown this week, and whether or not the Dolphins are going to bring in another quarterback. Uh, but we will save that conversation for the water cooler on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, in the meantime, Mike Jacecki's uh, run here continues, seven for 85 and a touchdown. He's really, really come on these last few weeks after it looked like uh, he was going to have like a lost season of sorts almost after week one, right? Uh, Jalen Waddle, seven for 83, fairly solid there. Uh, Devontae Parker doesn't play in this game. Gaskin has a nice game as well, fairly. Uh, catches another touchdown on his fourth reception, 67 yards on 15 carries on the ground. So I still don't know when you're going to feel like super comfortable playing him, but He's, he's produced these last uh, two of these last three weeks, so can't complain there too much. Uh, no real actionable advice on these guys going forward. I would say continue playing Calvin Ridley. I mean, I don't think you can bench him anytime soon. Uh, Pitts is probably going to end up being my tight end two next week with Waller and Andrews both on by. Uh, I can't imagine that. I think Hawkinson will be in the equation, maybe Gronk if, he, if he's ruled back in, but I have a hunch that I'm probably going to have Kyle Pitts as my tight end two overall for week eight behind only Travis Kelsey. And on the Dolphins side, look, Jacecki is an every week starting tight end. Jalen Waddle needs to be in your lineup as a wide receiver three or a flex. And in the right matchup, Tua, is, Tua and Matt Ryan are both playable. Moving on to Washington and Green Bay, three touchdowns for Aaron Rodgers, really taking advantage of this Washington defense that has completely fallen off a cliff this year. Uh, Devonta Adams gets his six for 76 and a touchdown. We got the obligatory. It's been a couple of weeks. So Robert Tunyon gets in the end zone as well. Four for 63. Uh, what I'll say about him before we'll continue into right now, whereas if he catches, if you're lucky enough to play him, 
in a game in which he catches a touchdown, he will be a tight end one. Otherwise, he will almost certainly sink your team. So uh, it is something to kind of be aware of as we go forward with him. Alan Lazard got more involved, five for 16, a touchdown, but almost all of that came on one single drive. So uh, I'm not fully buying back in on him yet. In a score that might actually be a little surprising to you if you didn't have a chance to watch this game, the Cincinnati Bengals put up 41 points on the Baltimore Ravens, beat them 41 to 17 to take over first place in the AFC North. Joe Burrow, 416 yards, three touchdowns. Again, really nice season for him. Jamar Chase, over 200 yards, uh, now has more wide receiving yards than any rookie wide receiver through week seven in NFL history. Eight for 201 and a touchdown. CJ Uzoma catches two more touchdowns. So I believe that brings his total now to five in the last four weeks now for him. And that's his second multi-touchdown game in as many in, in four weeks as well. Three for 91. Uh, T Higgins a little bit more involved here. Seven for 62. Got 15 targets in this game. Led, led by a considerable margin with Jamar Chase getting 10. Tyler Boyd getting seven. Uh, a fairly disappointing game for Joe Mixon. He does get in the end zone, uh, but I think you were hoping for a little bit more in the passing game. He just has, has no targets. Uh, the only, only one target went to a running back in this game, and it was a 23-yard pass to Samaj P. Ryan, who also had a nice little game himself because he whipped off a big touchdown run. But uh, on the other side for the Ravens, Lamar Jackson had a solid game fantasy-wise, 88 yards to lead the Ravens. Devonta Freeman did not have a great game, but at least he got a touchdown to kind of save his day. I know a lot of people were relying on him him with Latavius Murray out Marquise Brown five for 80 and a touchdown is kind of what you expect from him so far this year uh, but I think what's worth noting is Rashad Bateman here three for 80 only had six targets wasn't used a lot late in the game when they started to pull their starters but he's going to be a factor for them uh, you know had a 35 yard catch in this game uh, he's somebody to kind of keep an eye on even when Sammy Watkins comes back I, I don't think this is going to be a scenario where Watkins comes back and all of a sudden the Bateman's role in that offense goes down uh, I think he was going to eat into Sammy Watkins's role anyway and Watkins just being out kind of played into that equation Want to give a shout out to our friends over at Prize Picks. You can check them out right now and it, what's really exciting about Prize Picks is essentially it is a a prop betting parlay thing, but you have a lot of opportunities here to do some different things. You, yes, you can use the typical rushing yards and passing yards and touchdowns and over-unders and whatnot, but you can also, which I think our listeners will really, really like, you can also put together fantasy totals. You can say, I would think this person is going to get over this amount of fantasy points under this amount. Uh, and you can do as many, you can do as few as two, you can do three, four, five, even is the max here. So it's very, very interesting the way you can kind of put these together over on prize picks. I think it's a really exciting way to blend fantasy sports and betting. Uh, you can, again, you, and you can combine them too. You can go some fantasy totals. You can do some yardage totals or touchdown totals. And it's a really exciting slate. They have it for the NFL. They also have it for a bunch of the other sports as well, if you want to play that. But to me, I really enjoyed getting a chance to play prize picks this week and being able to basically put together uh, my my power play sheet for a lot of different fantasy point totals. I think it's an awesome way to put my rankings to good use. It's an awesome way to put your fantasy research to good use. Uh, make sure if you want to join with them, you can earn up to a $100 bonus when you deposit with them at prize picks by using the code TDN. That is a TDN at prize picks. Download the app today and you can get a bonus of up to $100, depending on how much money you want to put into your account. 
Next up is an AFC matchup between the New England Patriots and the New York Jets. And the Patriots put up 54 points. Have I mentioned how much Bill Belichick absolutely freaking hates the Jets? My goodness. But they put up 54 points here. Mac Jones over 300 yards and two touchdowns. Kendrick Bourne throws a touchdown. Damian Harris has a monster, monster game on the ground. 106 and two touchdowns. J.J. Taylor comes in and vultures in two touchdowns late as well. Brandon Bolden catches a touchdown. All, all these Patriots backs are scoring touchdowns. Except for Ramondre Stevenson, who was a surprise inactive, as we found out on Sunday morning. So it's very interesting there. But uh, look, on the Patriots side of things, you know what to do. When In a great matchup with Damian Harris, in a, a matchup where you believe he has a strong chance of scoring, he is a must-start running back. Otherwise, you're at the risk of getting a six, seven, or eight-point performance because he's still mostly a non-factor in the passing game. Does catch two passes for seven yards in this matchup. Uh, and on the Jets side of things, Zach Wilson leaves this game. It's believed at this time to be a PCL injury in his knee. That's he's going to miss multiple weeks with that. And right now the Jets are relying on Mike White as the backup quarterback who struggled uh, in this matchup. You know, nobody really got going on the ground that much. Elijah Moore actually has a 19 yard touchdown run in this game, but uh, Michael Carter gets eight catches to lead all jets. So that really kind of helped his fantasy day eight for 67 Added another 37 on the ground. Corey Davis catches a touchdown four for 47 and one, but Really, it's getting tough to play any of these Jets right now, and it's going to get even tougher next week when it's Mike White or whomever they're going to have under center because it's not even going to be Zach Wilson. Uh, The Jets are a complete and utter mess right now, and I I don't know what to do. There's no real, like I said, we talk about actionable fantasy advice. Hopefully not relying on any Jets anyway, but you definitely don't want to be relying on them over these next several weeks until Zach Wilson makes his return. Uh, I guess on the Patriots side, one other thing to note is that John Smith was a little bit more involved. Got a five-yard carry in this game, two for 52 in the passing game on five targets, but it is Hunter Henry that gets in the end zone. So he is still outpacing him for fantasy purposes and should continue to do so the rest of the way here. Uh, and another surprising uh, I thought this would be a close game. I did not expect this. The Kansas City Chiefs were absolutely manhandled by the Tennessee Titans in this game. And Kansas City's offense was abysmal and their defense was abysmal. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, probably his, I, I mean, I, I'd have to go back and look. This feels like probably the worst game I think he's had since he's become a starter in the NFL. 206 yards passing, no touchdowns, one reception, four sacks, gets 35 yards on the ground, was just looked bad in this game, threw a bad interception, lands up leaving this game early, uh, took a vicious hit up high. Uh, It kind of affected everybody. Tyree Kill, a very muted game, six for 49, and a lot of that came late in garbage time. Kelsey, seven for 65. Byron Pringle, five for 73. Like, it was a rough game. Nico Hardman, four for 28, but fumbles in this game. Uh, on Tennessee side, it's interesting because, you know, A.J. Brown finally, finally has that big game. Ryan Tannehill has a, a solid game, but Derrick Henry throws a touchdown but doesn't run for one. And if you would have told me that the Chiefs would have held Derrick Henry to three yards per carry and no rushing touchdowns and no receiving touchdowns and that they would win this game by 24, I wouldn't believe you. I, I would not have believed you, but uh, the, the passing touchdown kind of helps his day a little bit. Uh, not the huge Derrick Henry day, but if you're a Derrick Henry owner, you cannot complain about a, a what does he have here? What, 12.6, 13, 14? Like, I mean, you're talking about a 16-point day. You better not complain as a Derrick Henry owner with that. Uh, Julio Jones struggles still. Uh, two for 38, only had four targets in this game. 
And then AJ Brown was the finally, we got it, the big breakout eight for 133 and a touchdown on nine targets. So for those of you that have had him all of this time can breathe a little sigh of relief that it, uh, it's not going to be so bad going forward. Uh, the Rams and the Lions. And I'll tell you what, the Lions fight hard, man. Like they fight every single week. They were up in this game. They were faking multiple punts. They're going on side. They're doing all this stuff. And uh, it's, they're not winning many games and they're not going to win many games. And I'm not necessarily sure they're going to win multiple games this year. This might be a one in 16 squad right now, but they keep fighting. And if you have DeAndre Swift on your team, you are absolutely thrilled. Eight for 96 and a touchdown had 10 targets, another 48 yards on the ground. Khalif Raymond has continued to step up six for 115. Hawkinson. Okay. Day six for 48. Still not putting up those numbers that everybody hoped for in the off season, which kind of warned about. I think there was a lot of expectations that he was going to basically emerge into that Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller type tier. And it just hasn't happened yet. Um, Otherwise, I mean, it was a fairly, not much else to talk about on the Detroit side. On the Rams side, ho-hum, Cooper Cup's freaking awesome. Again, 10 for 156 and two touchdowns. It's just every week. It's an every week thing now. His connection with Stafford is unreal. Uh, Dale Henderson, a muted game. And, you know, I was banking on him, quite frankly, being the guy that they would salt the game away with when they got up a lot early and just, they didn't have to, uh, excuse me. I shouldn't say they didn't have to, the opportunity did not present itself to them and they had to throw more and they were having success. Three thirty-four and three touchdowns for Matthew Stafford there. So we didn't really get to see the big Daryl Henderson game that we were looking for, but a cup has the monster game. Robert Woods solid. Again, he's not putting up Cooper cup numbers, but six or 70 is nothing to scoff at, especially considering how his season started. Uh, Van Jefferson gets in the end zone again. Tyler Higby, okay, five for 46. Uh, you know, he's going to keep hanging around the fringe there, but boy, uh, I, you know, it's, it's going to be tough. You know, you look at any given week and look at guys like Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup and, and Tyree Kill, it's, it's going to be tough going forward just trying to figure out who is like the actual wide receiver one any given week. And you have a hard time saying it's not Cooper Cup right now. Longtime listeners of this show know how much we have talked about Owner's Box. And it's another profitable week for me on Owner's Box. And it can be a profitable week for you next week and the rest of the season as well. If you join me over there, download the Owner's Box app or go to ownersbox.com today. It is weekly fantasy sports. You can play their big 25K Sunday only contest. You can play Thursday through Monday contests. You can play in a variety of contests there. Uh, you can play in a five contest you can play all the way up to 250 dollars but their main contest is only a 10 dollar entry and you can get in for free starting next week so you can get into the week eight contest for free by using the code drew nine that is in drew breeze drew nine is the code for a free 10 dollar entry into their 25k week eight contest and i encourage you to join me over there so you can start winning with them today by downloading the owner's box app or going to ownersbox.com in a game that i'll probably be talked about more for the injuries than the result uh the eagles lose to the las vegas raiders and both starting running backs leave this game with injury miles sanders leaves 
and Josh Jacobs has a chest injury. I believe it's an ankle for Miles Sanders. I'll have to double check on that. But both of these players leave fairly in the early in the game in the first half. And it's uh, it was a little bit rough out there for Philadelphia again. But it's one of those interesting things as I talked about on the show last week, and it continues to be the truth. You kind of just hold your breath when you have Jalen Hurts in your lineup. And quite frankly, you just you're better off just not watching the Eagles game. You just put Jalen Hurts in your lineup and move on. Has another strong fantasy day uh, after having an abysmal first half where you're starting to wonder like, oh, this is going to be the week. This is the week he gets me single digits and I'm going to want to bet. Nope. And he ends up with 25 points again. Uh, 236 yards, two touchdowns through the air, 61 yards on the ground to pace all Eagles. Uh, Devonta Smith, five for 61 was okay. Dropped some passes. I believe he had three drops in this game. So not super exciting. Uh, in the first game without Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard goes three for 70. Uh, Jalen Rager catches a nice touchdown in this game. Uh, really, uh, like I'm intrigued by Kenny Gainwell. Who, who did, by the way, Kenny Gainwell, who does catch a touchdown in this game? Uh, I mean, look, if he's going to be the guy. Now, to be fair, they didn't use Boston Scott in this game as a runner. He gets the rushing touchdown, seven for 24 on the ground. Uh, are they willing to fully commit to Kenny Gainwell being the lead back if Miles Sanders misses time? Is it going to be a timeshare? I mean, both these guys kind of have similar skill sets, so there's not like a real easy, like early down answer here, and they're both kind of pass catching backs. So uh, keep an eye on Philadelphia throughout the week to kind of see A, Miles Sanders' status, and B, which running back appears to be the favorite to get more involved because there is going to be some value there. Uh, I do think Kenny Gainwell is probably worth a speculative ad if you have the roster space on your bench, but it's not somebody that I would go out and spend a lot of fab budget on, at least at this stage. Let's see. We'll talk on our Tuesday show and we'll see if the information that is out at that time makes me feel different before you have to make your final waiver decision on the Raiders side of things here. Kenny Drake looks pretty solid in relief of Josh Jacobs, 69 yards on 14 carries on the ground with a touchdown Foster Moreau with a big day in, repl- in replacing Darren Waller, who was ruled out during the early games, six for 60 and touchdown. Renfro gets seven catches, a quiet day for Henry Ruggs. Brian Edwards gets in the end zone uh, as well. Uh, Derek Carr, another solid game over 300 yards again, multiple touchdowns. Like he's having a really, really nice season so far. So uh, kind of just keep rolling with your Raiders. I do think Kenyon Drake is more intriguing now than he was when Jacobs was injured a few weeks ago and the way they're now using this offense. So he is somebody that I would absolutely, I doubt he's available in many leagues, but I was absolutely somebody that becomes starter worthy right away next week. If Josh Jacobs is out with that chest injury, the Houston Texans, they were up five, nothing in this game. Uh, they were up two nothing in this game as well on the Arizona Cardinals. And then they just proceeded the Texans the rest of this game. Arizona scores 31 unanswered points to win and to cover. For those of you that care about that aspect of this game, they were, by the way, uh, this spread was up to 20 points by the time they were kickoff. So that's crazy. Cardinals covered. Good teams win. Great teams cover. And the Cardinals covered to stay undefeated, heading into an awesome Thursday night football matchup against the Green Bay Packers. I cannot wait for that game. Uh, on the Arizona side of things, Zach Ertz catches a big a big touchdown in this game. It's a 47-yarder, the longest touchdown of his career, actually. Three for 66 and a score. DeAndre Hopkins gets in the end zone, seven for 53 and a touchdown. Kirk finds the end zone, four for 50 and a touchdown. Green, three for 66. So pretty much all of the, the top three wide receivers and their top tight end are fantasy relevant. And that's pretty much been the case most weeks. So I would continue to roll with those guys in the roles you have them. Like Hopkins is a must start every week. Zach Ertz is in tight end one territory. Kirk and Green are both wide receiver three flex options for you. Maybe you can sneak up a little bit higher depending on the matchup. And 
On the running side, Chase Edmonds looked pretty good after being questionable coming into the game. 81 yards on the ground on 15 carries. Only one catch, though. James Conner gets in the end zone again, and this this game was in doubt, kind of, but not really. Like I guess technically we could pretend like it was in doubt when Houston was up 5 nothing, but nobody actually thought Arizona wasn't going to blow out and win this game. So uh, no real actionable advice on the Cardinals side. You know what they're all worth. Uh, on the Texans side of things, I really hope you're not starting any Texans. Let's be perfectly honest. I mean, I guess Brandon Cooks would be the only one. Five for 21, seven targets. It's bad, man. I, you you need Tyrod Taylor back to, for this team to actually have some fantasy relevancy really anywhere on the roster. Uh, and the Bucks and the Bears. Woof, that's a this bad game for Justin Fields. I'm sure Jake is, is sad he doesn't get to come on and, and rip Justin Fields right now, but uh, was not good. Took four sacks in this game, threw three picks, fumbled two more times, 184 total yards through the air. I, you know, scrambled around for 38 yards. Uh, it was, it's bad. And it's bad for everybody. Allen Robinson, two for 16. Darnell Mooney, two for 39. Colcom at five for 43 is, is the best option that they had. Uh, but, but, bright side, Khalil Herbert looks really, really good against the best run defense in the NFL. 100 yards on 18 carries. Uh, he looked phenomenal, and he's clearly ascended to a role higher than where Damian Williams is on the roster right now. And look, he's not going to displace David Montgomery as the starter or anything like that, um, but he's going to be, he's going to have a significant role on this team regardless. So I don't know what it's going to be exactly. We don't know the timeline for David Montgomery yet, but Khalil Herbert is going to be a thing. And you need to know about him on the Buccaneer side. All the stars were stars with no Antonio Brown in this game. No Rob Gronkowski. You got a three count them three touchdown performance for Mike Evans, his third multi-touchdown game of the year. Chris Godwin, big game as well. Eight for one eleven and a score. Leonard Fournette gets 81 yards and touchdown on the ground. And Tom Brady throws four more touchdown passes. Uh, the Bucs are just steamrolling teams right now. And you know where their stars are. And I guess the only question there is on a given week is which two of the three receivers are going to be stars and which one's going to get left out in the cold. So when somebody like this, when Antonio Brown is out, you already know. So, you know, oh, okay, cool. Brown's out. That means Godwin and Evans both can go off. And if Brown's back, you just got to figure out which receiver on which given week is not going to be uh, putting up the monster numbers. But uh, look, it is really, it's really something to watch right now. And hopefully you watch the show uh, all off season and hopefully you took our advice to grab Tom Brady wherever you possibly could. He was going as the QB7, QB8, QB9. I had him as a top five quarterback, and he's absolutely playing up to that potential. And finally, in a wet and windy night in Santa Clara, the Indianapolis Colts beat the San Francisco 49ers 30-18 in a game that had a little bit more offense than we expected. Uh, I, I think we could all say we came to the game with some high expectations for Jonathan Taylor uh, and Elijah Mitchell, considering the weather conditions that they were going to run the ball a lot. Uh, and they both did. They both got over 100 yards, each exactly 117 yards on exactly 18 carries and touchdowns. They had the same line. Uh, the only difference is Jonathan Taylor gets three targets, catches uh, two, uh, all three for three yards, but both running backs, 18, one or seven, and a touchdown. Touchdown, big game here. Uh, Debo Samuel in 
absolutely horrendous conditions, finds his way to 100 yards, seven catches for 100 yards, a touchdown and a fumble. Nobody else was really fantasy relevant on the Niners. Uh, Brandon Ayu continues to be a complete no-show so far this year. And if you have not dropped him already, please do so. On the other side, Michael Pittman as well. Again, finding a way to be involved, catches the the put away, the, the push the lead so far out, they can't get to us touchdown, four for 105 and a score there. Uh, I still don't fully get Indianapolis's usage of Jonathan Taylor. Uh, it, it took this torrential downpour to even get him to 18 carries on the ground. And there were times in the four-minute drill where they had Naeem Hines out there uh, who, instead of Jonathan Taylor. And they were throwing on the goal line instead of handing the ball off to Jonathan Taylor. And so just some weird things that were happening in this game. But he still has a really solid outing for you. So uh, Carson Wentz looked pretty good here, especially considering the conditions. Uh, 150 for and two touchdowns. Now, uh, if you see the quote-unquote interception, that is technically ruled a fumble. Uh, so that that may or may not be a one-point difference, actually, in your league. Hopefully, you weren't having to start Carson Wentz this week in that rain. But uh, if you were, just keep in mind that is an official fumble. Uh, and did have a receiver open, but the ball kind of slipped out just before he could get his motion going. So uh, even though it looked like a, an interception, it was not. But a big takeaway here, Pittman, Sammy, well, one is that Pittman continues to be a monster. And as long as T.Y. Hilton is sidelined and Paris Campbell's going to be sidelined for a while, he should continue to be a must start. And then Debo Samuel, man, I, how do you look at him as anything other than a top 10 wide receiver moving forward, just period in fantasy and maybe top five. Like he's been ranked in my, he was going to be ranked in my top five this week uh, prior to the torrential downpour. I kind of dropped him into wide receiver two category because of it, but dude's an absolute freaking stud. Uh, and at some point, the Niners are going to need somebody other than Debo Samuel to contribute to their passing offense. And maybe when George Kittle comes back, he can resume his old role as a, as a stud and a fantasy stud. But right now it's literally just Debo Samuel and a whole lot of nobody. Uh, I believe he accounts now for almost 50% of their passing yardage this year, which is absolutely ridiculous. Only other thing of note from this game before we sign off, I believe Trey Sermon played zero offensive snaps. Um, in a run-heavy game, keep in mind that the Niners ran, let me see here, for non-quarterback plays, the Niners ran 22 times on the ground, 18 for Elijah Mitchell, once for Brandon Ayuk, three times for Jermichael Hasty, zero times for Trey Sermon. So, uh, some interesting stuff going on there. Uh, I, I don't understand. I didn't understand the pick when it was made. I don't understand the usage. Kyle Shanahan's going to be answering a lot of questions. Two and four now. And I do actually think, not that he's going to be on the hot seat because Kyle Shanahan continues to get the pass that nobody else would get with his record, but uh, I will say that it will be discussed this offseason. Uh, I think it's going to become a national talking point that Kyle Shanahan is most likely going to end the year with a losing record. Maybe, maybe not this year. But overall, he's had a losing record and you can make a lot of excuses and you can say, well, you know, he was coming in on a rebuild. Well, yeah, most coaches that get hired are coming in on a rebuild. Like rarely do you get the Matt LaFleur situation where you walk into a ready-made contending team and where you're just trying to get it back on the tracks. But uh, right now with that loss, Kyle Shanahan is 31 and 39 in his 70 games as a head coach. So uh, I, so he would have to go what the rest of the way here, we got 11 games and he would have to go what nine and two. Yeah. He would have to go nine. I think nine and two, 
Now, and even that wouldn't do it. That'd be 40 and yeah, 40 and 41. So you have to go 10 and one the rest of the way. Like he would, they would have to win 12 games this year uh, in order for him to not end the season with a losing record uh, as a member of the 49ers. So just something to keep an eye on. Now we went to the Super Bowl in 2019. I get it. Won 13 games that year, uh, but won six, went six and 10 his first year, then four and 12, then that Super Bowl year, then six and 10, and now two and four. Uh, and right now, I think you would have a hard time arguing that they're probably the worst team in the division if Russell Wilson was healthy. Um, obviously, I'm, I, it's a little bit closer with Geno Smith at quarterback. But uh, if Russell Wilson was healthy, I think we could clearly and definitively say the Niners are the worst team in their division. Even though it's a damn good division, it's still something to be aware of. So uh, that will do it for the solo show for me. I will have Chris and Jake and hopefully Tyler from Owner's Box back for the Tuesday show to break down all of my rankings break down the waiver wire players that you need to keep an eye on only two teams on by this coming week. It's the Ravens and the Raiders. So it'll be a lot easier coming up this week than it was in week seven, which was an absolute nightmare as I'm sure all of you are well aware of now. Uh, if you need any help tomorrow night, good luck. If you need help to win your matchup, uh, I still think Lockett and Metcalf are solid plays. Alex Collins is going to play for Seattle. Marquez Callaway could be a good, a nice little sneaky start for you for the Saints. But keep an eye on this game because some of you are still going to have some fancy decisions to make on Monday night. But with that being said, I will see you all on Tuesday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money.